Good morning, Hope Church, and welcome to Ruth chapter 2, which follows on, funny enough, from Ruth chapter 1, which we did a couple of weeks ago. So a quick recap. After some family tragedy, Naomi and Ruth have left their home in the country of Moab and returned to Israel, which is where Naomi is originally from. They arrive in Bethlehem at the start of harvest time, two widows alone and without any family to help them. So that's setting the scene. Um, today I want to talk about favour. Now favour is a word that's used in some Christian circles. It may be a term you've heard a lot of or heard a little of, but it's basically another way of talking about blessing. It's grace. It's undeserved kindness. And actually in the Old Testament, the Bible often uses the word favour, whereas in the New Testament it talks about grace. But they're the same concepts. Um, now, scripture talks about two types. There's the favor of God, and then there's the favor of man. When we look at scripture, it seems like God's favor, God's grace, his kindness, his blessing, it kind of can fall into two very broad camps. Um, there's the saving grace, which is God's kindness and blessing in saving us. And there's also sustaining grace, which is his kindness, his grace, his blessings to us as we live our lives, as we enjoy him. But when we think about the favour of man, that seems to talk more about um, the relational dynamic between two people. What favour isn't, though, is any kind of sense of God's specific favouritism for a certain person or group of people. Uh, favour isn't God having favourites in the sense that these are favourites and God's, uh, these others aren't favourites. And what favour isn't is any kind of sense that God's blessings come because Someone, for example, has done the right thing the right way or prayed the right prayer. Those things are actually more kind of prosperity gospel. So when I'm talking about favor, I'm not talking about earning God's blessings or kind of strong arming God so he has to bless them. The key question for today, which I want to look at in this chapter is, how do we understand favor? So let's look at Ruth chapter two, verse one. Now, Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Limelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him, in whose sight I shall find favour. And Naomi said to Ruth, go, my daughter. Now, under the Old Testament, the law in Leviticus allowed the poor to glean fields for food, which basically was to collect the leftover crops. I suppose it's like going to an orchard or a strawberry field after workers had finished collecting and getting their things to pick up anything that's left on the floor, maybe things that are small, wouldn't be worth that much in the market, or maybe stuff that's a bit manky, you know, you couldn't sell it or it's not the greatest to eat. That's basically what Ruth was going to do to get the leftovers. She'd have collected that grain, she'd have ground it into flour and then baked it into bread. And that's what her and Naomi would have survived on. Now it was risky because she's a single woman, it's physical work, it's a hot day, she's alone, she's vulnerable, searching for scraps. There's no guarantee of what she would find, the quality, how good. But she's doing, Ruth is doing what she needs to do willingly, and she's doing it with aspects of faith. So she's just getting on with it, because it's her responsibility, it's what she needs to do. Even though it's hard, even though it's got risk, in faith she's like, I'm going to do this. A question we could ask ourselves is, for us is, what responsibilities do we have before us? 
that we just need to embrace, even though there's risk, even though it's hard, what do we just need to do? Now, the opening verse is the first mention of Boaz, who's the third key character in this story. And all we know about Boaz is that he's related somehow to Naomi's dead husband and that he's a good man. He's a worthy man. Now, spoiler alert, prophetically, he's actually a picture of Jesus in this story and Jesus to us. So hold that thought as we continue and as we start to see a bit more about Boaz, who he is and what he does. So we pick up at verse three. Ruth set out and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the clan of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem. And he said to the reapers, the Lord be with you. And they answered, the Lord bless you. And then Boaz said to his young man who was in charge of the reapers, whose young woman is this? And the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, she is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said to us, let me glean and gather amongst the sheaves after the reapers. She came and she's continued from early morning until now, except for a short rest. Now, what I love about this is that she just happened to come to Boaz's field. The place of labour actually turned out to be the place of favour. And that might be true for us, that our place of labour turns out to be the place of God's favour. It's like when we follow God in faith, coincidences actually happen more frequently. So what coincidences, coincidences have happened to you that could actually be God's leading into favour? Now, Ruth is working hard. She's being diligent. And Boaz notices her and he asks his workers who she is. They tell him because they've noticed her work ethic and her attitude. Attitude attracts attention, whether that's good or for bad. And God's led Ruth to a place where people would see her, even though she's not looking for that. She's just thinking, I need to glean to get food for Naomi and myself. She's not thinking about being noticed. She doesn't even know she's being noticed. And it's interesting because it seems like what it's saying is that when we look for favour, we won't get it. But actually living consistently and faithfully with what God puts, is put before us is actually a key to seeing favour. And I think Proverbs 4 says this, Proverbs 4.23, it says, Bind love and faithfulness to your heart and you'll win favour before both God and man. So Ruth, being faithful, she stood out. Is anyone? just stood out to you because of their attitude or because of their diligence in something? If there is, how could you bless them? What does that look like? Verse 8, Boaz, Boaz now talks to Ruth. Listen, my daughter, don't go and glean in another field or don't leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field that they're reaping and go after them. Have I not charged the young men to not touch you? And when you're thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground. And Ruth said to Boaz, why have I found favour in your eyes that you should take notice of me because I'm a foreigner? And Boaz answered Ruth, all that you have done for Naomi since the death of your husband has been fully told to me and how you left your father and mother and native land and came to a people you didn't know before 
the Lord repay you for what you've done and a full reward be given to you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you've come to take refuge. And then Ruth said, I found favour in your eyes, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, even though I'm not one of your servants. At mealtime, Boaz said to Ruth, come here, eat some bread and dip your morsel in the wine. So Ruth sat down beside the reapers and Boaz passed to her roasted grain and Ruth ate until she was satisfied and she had leftovers. Now, what's interesting here is that Ruth says to Boaz says to Ruth, my daughter. Now, it could be an affectionate term, a respectful term. Is it that he's older, even old enough to be a father? We're not quite sure. But what we can see is that there's an affinity for Ruth from Boaz and he's got a fathering heart to her. He wants to protect her. He wants to provide for her. There's something in him that just wants to do her good and care for her. So he says, don't go anywhere else. Stay here. Keep close to my workers where you're going to be safe. They'll leave you alone. And if you need a drink, you can drink what my workers are drinking. And she's overwhelmed. She's, I, I don't deserve this. Who, who am I? But Boaz has heard about what she's done for Naomi. And he actually invites her to join him and his workers at mealtime. So a sign of favour is like relational affinity or, or affection. You just really like someone in an unusual way. Now, I don't mean, you know, husbands, wives or children or family. You know, I'm not talking about that kind of like, I just feel like there's, there's something in you that just, you're warm to someone. You just, you click with someone. You just, you've got something like almost like an attraction in a, in, in a way that is like, I just really like that person. I just want to see him happy. Favour is an expression of love. And Boaz showed protection and provision to Ruth because of his favour, his, his affinity, his affection for her. So is there anyone that you've got a, just a, an unusual, unique affection for or something that's growing? Maybe it's something that God's put in you. How could you bless that person? How could you show them favour? Now, what I love is that Ruth's reputation has gone before her. And Boaz knows about her because of her reputation, because of how she's lived her life. Reputations get talked about. Now, despite her self-view, I don't deserve this, I don't belong here, the favour flow isn't thwarted. Because favour isn't about how we see ourselves; it's about how we're seen. And that's the gospel. The favour of God is nothing to do with us. It's not about how we see ourselves. It's not about how we act or what we do or what we don't do. Favour is about how God sees us, his adored, cherished, beloved children. Now, remember, Boaz is a picture of Jesus. And at the mealtime, Boaz says to Ruth, join me. And he shares food. And some of the things he shares is bread and wine, which is a sign of covenant, uh, it's the, you know, ready-made food, easy accessible, but I think also it's a bit of a prophetic hint here of covenant, not only between them, but between Jesus and us. Ruth is getting gifts that she doesn't expect. It's a sure sign of favour. But the gifts actually are a physical expression or demonstration of Boaz's heart. And I don't necessarily mean romantic, but, but favour. But these gifts come in the context of connection and relationship. I want to propose that we spoil or misunderstand or missteward favour if we enjoy the gifts without enjoying the giver of the gifts, whether that is the favour of God or the favour of man. 
favor isn't actually about what we get it's about who we get and when i give gifts to my children it's because i want to express my my love and my uh, uh, my affection for them i want them to enjoy the gift but i also want them to look past the gift to me because i feel for them in such a way that i want to show that in a physical way and i think that's what god's like with us so verse 15 Ruth, Ruth then rose to glean, and Boaz instructed his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and don't reproach her. Pull out some from the bundles for her, and leave it for her to glean, and don't rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until the evening, and then she beat out what she gleaned, and it was about an epper of barley. She took it up and went into the city, and Naomi, her mother-in-law, saw what she had gleaned. She also brought out and gave her what food she had left over after being satisfied. And Naomi said to Ruth, where did you glean today and where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. So Ruth told Naomi with whom she'd worked and said, the man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. Ruth just gets right back to work. She has food, she's eaten, she's full and she gets right back on it. Ruth doesn't let blessing or success distract her from service she doesn't lose her focus now Boaz tells his workers that Ruth doesn't need to glean from leftovers she can actually glean and take from the good stuff the stuff they thought yeah that's good enough to pick up Boaz is like she can have that but also she can have from the bundles of the best stuff probably Boaz's pile so she's gone from picking out the scraps to having the best that talks to me of the favor of God that first fruits and the very best the top of the pile the cream of the crop is is a demonstration of favor romans 5 8 i think puts this into perspective with the gospel because it says that we know that god loves us because whilst we were still sinners he gave us his very best his own son favor has this aspect of sacrificial generosity to it it costs to show favor actually if it doesn't it's not favor maybe it costs time money energy ruth ends up with an epper of barley now i've looked at different sources and they all say different things about just how much that is so we don't really know but i think it must be clear to see that it's an unusually large amount because otherwise why would the scriptures mention it that's certainly naomi's reaction because she sees what ruth brings home and is like what the favor that is shown to ruth wasn't just for ruth it was actually for Naomi as well. Naomi got the blessing and the benefit of the blessing that was shown to Ruth. So favor actually in the kingdom should flow like a stream or a waterfall. It should spill and flow and overflow and splash and benefit other people. It's not to be hoarded, but it's to be given away. To be generous as God is generous, who is the originator and the source of all favor anyway. So what favour have you shown in being shown in your life? What favour has God given you that you can share and be liberal and generous and bless others with? Maybe you've just know the favour of God in terms of things like you've got time. Maybe you've got money, energy, expertise or skill or wisdom or leadership position or authority. All these things can be used to serve and bless other people. We can serve and bless other people with our money and our time and what we know and what we can do. And also our position in terms of opening doors or, or making connections or, or, or seeing people step into things. I think 
it's clear that Ruth noticed, Ruth had favour and Naomi noticed this favour on Ruth's life. And I think we can all say that we will notice favour on other people's lives as well, just blessings of God, unusual blessings in a certain way or just generally. But also we notice and we are noticed about how we steward favour or how other people steward favour. So one thing to have favour is something to know how to use it and steward it in a way that benefits and builds other people. We're going to come into close now with verse 20. Naomi says to Ruth, May he, may Boaz be blessed by the Lord, whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi also said to Ruth, Boaz is a close relative of ours. He's one of our redeemers. And Ruth says, besides, Boaz said to me, keep close to my and keep close by my young men until they've finished all of my harvest. And so Naomi responded, it's good, my daughter, that you go out with Boaz's young women, lest in another field you'll be assaulted. So Ruth kept close to the young women of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvests. And Ruth lived with Naomi, her mother-in-law. Naomi thanks God because of his favour, his favour that was shown to Boaz, from Boaz to Ruth, and from Ruth to Naomi herself. The favour of God actually often comes through the favour of man. So we're all actually channels of favour from heaven to earth. It's one thing to be recipients of favour and enjoy favour, but actually the higher and deeper and broader kingdom purpose of favour is redistributing it from heaven to earth that's the nature of the kingdom because actually when you think about it we all stand and live in the enjoyment of god's favor that was shown to jesus that's been passed on to to us now i want you to notice that naomi who at the end of the last chapter called herself mara bitter is now talking to god sharing our favor actually can be the key to someone else's breakthrough it can minister to someone's heart. It can bring healing. And so what we end is not with Naomi telling Ruth that Boaz is their redeemer. We'll look at that in the next chapter. But they've now got favour in their current season. Their season looks different. It was desolate and hard. But actually, favour from God and from man has tra- transformed their season and set them up for the future. And that's where we're going to pick up chapter three in a few weeks' time. So to summarise Favour isn't about how we see ourselves. It's about how others see us. Favour isn't just for us. It's for others. The favour of God comes through the favour of man. And when we share our favour, we actually bring freedom and healing to others. So a key question today is this. Today, what favour has God shown you? And who can you show favour to and how? Let's be kingdom redistributors of faith. Father, thank you for your favour. Thank you that we stand in an, under an open heaven of favour because of what you did, Jesus, on the cross. And God, I ask that we would all be wise stewards of favour, stewards of your favour, God to man, but also, God, stewards of um, and, and people who are agents of favor to share and bless and benefit other people father help us first think about what we can bless other people with rather than how we could be blessed and lord i pray you would give us strategies and wisdom and people on our heart as well to be like yep we want to bless that person through generosity through 
giving, through kindness, through grace. Father, I pray you would just help us do that, that we would be a people of favour because we show favour to one another because that's a witness to the world. Jesus, you said that the world will know we're your disciples by the way we love one another and favour is a manifestation of that love. So Father, I pray for that. Help us in that. In Jesus' name, amen.